0: you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard
1: it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it
2: together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey guys, welcome to God's whole story. I'm here with Chris and Mandy again today. Hey everybody, and we are continuing into Judges, kind of tying up Samson today. So as we read about Samson and Delilah, basically that's kind of how they split this up. Uh, what do you guys noticing as we read through this?
0: Oh,
1: well, I noticed you said we're tying up Samson. Did you mean it like that? Oh,
2: I didn't. But Unintended. That's yeah, hilarious. It just came right from I your... mean, this guy's not super sharp. Speaking of tying up, yeah. I mean, if your he's wife super is super strong,
0: like... but he's not super sharp.
2: Is there any kind of correlation there? No. One (laughs) hundred percent. Here's the thing: if your wife is asking you four times in a row, how could I tie you up so that you could be hurt? (laughs) Maybe four times is too many. Maybe. (laughs) Yeah, definitely not. And when men come
1: out of the inner room afterwards,
2: (laughs) multiple times
1: then your next best guess is you know what i'll tell her the truth that's it that's what i should do i should tell her exactly how but listen when he woke up from that sleep it said the way they wrote it anyway it says like he woke up and thought that he would be just fine did he not know about the thing with his hair like he obviously knew about it so why did he think he'd be just fine like he was surprised he didn't have his strength
0: maybe he started trusting himself so much because he had I mean, just a couple paragraphs before this, he had ripped off the, the city gates of a city, which is not any small feat, and carried it about 30 miles. So maybe he was a little tired from that journey and wasn't thinking straight. I don't know.
1: <laughs> wow. I was really proud of my 68-pound back squat I did the other day. But man, pillars on my back for 30 miles, that's a lot. Well, no but-
0: city gates. Pillars come later. Oh, shoot. <laughs> that's Okay. Either way, superhero type stuff, right?
1: Wow. Okay. So yeah. So when he wakes up and he's like, okay, I actually will be fine, and then he realized he wasn't fine. Um, we think he just maybe forgot where his strength comes from. Well, he forgot a lot of things. He forgot about not morality.
2: Telling- yeah. Well, he has he has no regard for his Nazarite vow at all consistently <laughs> since we've met him. So it's it it's weird That's that true. just in this one instant he's like, Well, yeah, I have this Nazarite vow. If you cut my hair, why am I won't have my
0: which maybe he he kind of rationalized in his mind, Hey, I've been breaking this vow forever and I'm God's still favoring me. I guess. And maybe he'll do it again because we do see the Spirit of God coming on him in power and using him to judge Israel's enemies, to judge the Philistines, but we never really see the Spirit of God transforming his character. Hmm. That's definitely something.
1: And do we think that's because perhaps the spirit was willing, but he was not showing up with his half to be transformed?
0: I mean, I think throughout the Bible, there's a partnership in sanctification, a partnership in transformation. So Samson definitely had a part in that. God can just snap his fingers and do something instantaneous in our life, but usually it's part of that journey. So yeah, I, I think there's probably part of Samson not really coming to the party.
1: Mm-hmm. Sounds like it. Um what happens to Delilah after this story?
0: <laughs> Good question. What the uh, yeah,
1: that's, like, really interesting that we also, don't know.
0: Also, Delilah gets the bad rap all the time, right? Like,
1: right, because oh, she... Delilah,
0: she's so bad.
2: <laughs> like, what?
0: <laughs> yeah. No, I, I distinctly remember the when I kind of started really looking into Scripture and the, just looking over at more of myself. I was like, Samson's not the guy I thought he was. I certainly don't want my sons growing up to be like Samson. Uh, but... Dare to be a Samson? No. Nah, not.
1: <sighs> no, nah, we gotta no. get that. That's gotta get out of here.
0: So, and then we of course have the elaborate story of not story, but the account of Samson's death that he kills more people in his death uh, than he even did during his life. And Samson, to me, is one of the saddest characters in the Bible. It's just God's. Really? There could have been so much. Yeah. That's what um, I was say. But it just is like potential not fulfilled. So.
1: Yeah, extremely sad.
2: So there is some level of Samson is primarily being used to exercise judgment on the Philistines, uh, which is which is what we get in his intro, mm-hmm. like yesterday when we read it. Like, that's what he's introduced to do. At the end of his story, that's what he does.
0: And I'd say that is what you can say, what is God doing through Samson? It's still, it's that. Yeah. It's moving the story of Israel forward in that way.
2: So we go from this story of Samson, we get into this very strange story that's actually going to continue tomorrow. Uh, about these like household personal idols, personal priests. Uh, but what you need to know as we go into these next couple of stories is that these are actually uh, these have actually happened ahead of time, and they're kind of added as like a postscript to show just the degradation of Israel uh, and how dark this period is. So this next story we're going to get into actually occurs before Samson, uh, but it's added to bring context. Is that fair?
0: Yeah, it is. And I think the thing that the original readers would be meant to do in these, that they would we would want to listen to and look at these stories and say, okay, what are all the ways that this is shocking? What are all the ways that this is breaking God's covenant, that things are being done in ways they're not supposed to be done? Because they, like Brian, you said that they're supposed to be these shocking illustrations of how far Israel has fallen. So that's what we want to look for. What is like, are you really, what? Why? This isn't the way it's supposed to be done. We want to look for those things.
1: So like, how far out are we from when they you know, went through the wilderness and got to the promised land. At this point, how long has it been?
0: So I think the next story we're going to look at with Micah and his Levite, I think is actually pretty soon. Okay. It's pretty early because they haven't even taken possession of the full land yet.
2: Got it. Well,
1: and
0: we can see
2: that Moses' grandson is appointed as as priest. So that's not many generations.
1: Okay. I think that's helpful to know how fast things can get dark.
0: So this story probably actually happened even before we get to Samson. And we've got uh, Micah, this guy, and he basically decides, I'm so far away from the place of organized religion that I want to just have my own personal temple, my own personal idols. You see, he doesn't even just solely worship Yahweh. He's got idols. He's got ephods. He's got all these different images that he's worshiping, which all those things should be red flags like, wait a second, what? Uh, we're supposed to only worship one God. And then he meets this Levi, and basically this is a priest for hire, uh, that he says, hey, we you be my personal priest? We were never supposed to have personal priests in the Old Testament. Uh, There was a system set up for that. So all these things would be red flags of this is not going to end well.
2: Well, and he's a personal priest of these idols. Like, like he's not priesting
0: on behalf of Yahweh. He's... (laughs) Can, is that okay to say? Yeah. Priest, uh, priesting yeah. on behalf of? <laughs> Basically, the only thing that still ties him there is, the fa- is his family. He's, yeah, a he's, Lev- just... he's a Levite, but there doesn't seem to be any Yahweh worship going on. Not at all. And then he's content to go to the highest bidder. Yeah. So whenever somebody else comes along with a better offer, he moves on. Uh, it's just... It's definitely not the the way it's supposed to be Well, here.
1: he's not the only one because it says all the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. Yes. So it's not like he's the anomaly.
0: And, and I think that's a statement that it's just, it's a very sobering statement that we've gone from God being their king. He gives detailed instructions, book after book after book of what they're supposed to do. And we've gotten to the point where everybody's just decides, well, I'm going to do what I feel like doing. And that's, uh, we're seeing the fruit of that all throughout this book. It's interesting to me, like, it's easy to look at these
2: stories and be like, everybody did everything that was right in their own eyes. Like, oh, God gave this detailed instruction. Why didn't they just follow the detailed instruction to know that they did it right? And then it's like, oh, that's actually pretty current. Like, (laughs) that's that's not just a judge's thing. That's a human thing. Well, it's very easy to look at this and be like, wait a minute. God already told Micah how to worship God. But Micah thought it was better to like carve up some things, hide him in his closet, hire his own personal priest some, from some other town. That seems that seems much more complicated.
0: Uh, but that's that's what we have a propensity to fall into instantly. Wh- why? Why? I mean, one thing is probably it was out of convenience because Dan was far in the north; it was away from the place they were supposed to be worshiping. So I think you know there was just a little bit of laziness, and you know, oh, I can kind of bend the rules. Like, let you be you. Let's do it. Our you know what works best for me. And slowly you just kind of convince yourself that it's no big deal. So we are going to see the darkest side of the story tomorrow, though, because uh, kind of s- we set up the story today. But then what ends up happening with this priest uh, is something that would curl the ears of everyone who heard. And that's, I think, why we have this story recorded. The dark days of disobedience continue. Stay tuned. We'll see I- you tomorrow. Can't wait. Spoiler alert. <laughs> see you later. Bye. Bye.
1: Judges 16, one day Samson went to the Philistine town of Gaza and spent the night with a prostitute. Word soon spread that Samson was there, so the men of Gaza gathered together and waited all night at the town gates. They kept quiet during the night, saying to themselves, when the light, morning come, when the light of morning comes, we will kill him. But Samson stayed in bed only until midnight. Then he got up, took hold of the doors of the town gate, including the two posts, and lifted them up, bar and awe. He put them on his shoulders and carried them all the way to the top of the hill across from Hebron. Some time later, Samson fell in love with a woman named Delilah, who lived in the valley of Sorek. The rulers of the Philistines went to her and said, "'Entice Samson to tell you what makes him so strong and how how he can be overpowered and tied up securely.'" Then each of us will give you 1,100 pieces of silver. So Delilah said to Samson, Please tell me what makes you so strong and what it would take to tie you up securely. Samson replied, If I were tied up with seven new bowstrings that have not yet been dried, I would become as weak as anyone else. So the Philistine rulers brought Delilah seven new bowstrings and she tied Samson up with them. She had hidden some men in one of the inner rooms of her house and she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. But Samson snapped the bowstrings as a piece of string snaps when it is burned by a fire. So the secret of his strength was not discovered. "'Afterward, Delilah said to him, "'You've been making fun of me and telling me lies. "'Now please tell me how you can be tied up securely.' "'Samson replied, "'If I were tied up with brand new ropes "'that had never been used, "'I would become as weak as anyone else.' "'So Delilah took new ropes and tied him up with them. "'The men were hiding in the inner room as before, "'and again, Delilah cried out, "'Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you.' "'But again, Samson snapped the ropes from his arms "'as if they were thread.' Then Delilah said, "'You've been making fun of me and telling me lies. Now tell me how you can be tied up securely.'" Samson replied, "'If you were to weave the seven braids of my hair into the fabric on your loom and tighten it with the loom shuttle, I would become as weak as anyone else.'" So while he slept, Delilah wove the seven braids of his hair into the fabric. Then she tightened it with the loom shuttle. Again, she cried out, "'Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you.'" But Samson woke up, pulled back the loom shuttle, and yanked his hair away from the loom and the fabric. Then Delilah pouted. How can you tell me I love you when you don't share your secrets with me? You've made fun of me three times now and you still haven't told me what makes you so strong. She tormented him with her nagging day after day until he was sick to death of it. Finally, Samson shared a secret with her. My hair has never been cut, he confessed, for I was dedicated to God as a Nazarite from birth. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me and I would become as weak as anyone else. Delilah realized he had finally told her the truth, so she sent for the Philistine rulers. "'Come back one more time,' she said, "'for he's finally told me his secret.' "'So the Philistine rulers returned "'with the money in their hands. "'Delilah lulled Samson to sleep "'with his head in her lap, "'and then she called in a man "'to shave off the seven locks of his hair.' In this way, she began to bring him down, and his strength left him. Then she cried out, Samson, the Philistines have come to capture you. When he woke up, he thought, I will do as before and shake myself free. But he didn't realize the Lord had left him. So the Philistines captured him and gouged out his eyes. They took him to Gaza, where he was bound with bronze chains and forced to grind grain in the prison. But before long, his hair began to grow back. The Philistine rulers held a great festival offering sacrifices and praising their god, Dagon. They said, Our God has given us victory over our enemy, Samson. When the people saw him, they praised their God, saying, Our God has delivered our enemy to us. The one who killed so many of us is now in our power. Half drunk by now, the people demanded, Bring out Samson so he can amuse us. So he was brought from the prison to amuse them, and they had him stand between the pillars supporting the roof. Samson said to the young servant who was leading him by the hand, Place my hands against the pillars that hold up the temple. I want to rest against them. Now the temple was completely filled with people. All the Philistine rulers were there, and there were about 3,000 men and women on the roof who were watching as Samson amused them. Then Samson prayed to the Lord. Sovereign Lord, remember me again. Oh God, please strengthen me just one more time. With one blow, let me pay back the Philistines for the loss of my two eyes. Then Samson put his hands on the two center pillars that held up the temple. Pushing against them with both hands, he prayed, let me die with the Philistines. And the temple crashed down on the Philistine rulers and all the people. So he killed more people when he died than he had during his entire lifetime. Later, his brothers and other relatives went down to get his body. They took him back home and buried him between Zorah and Eshtal, where his father Manoah was buried. Samson had judged Israel for 20 years.
0: There was a man named Micah who lived in the hill country of Ephraim. One day he said to his mother, I heard you place a curse on a person who stole 1,100 pieces of silver from you. Well, I have the money, I was the one who took it. The Lord bless you for admitting it, his mother replied. He returned the money to her and she said, I now dedicate these silver coins to the Lord. In honor of my son, I will have an image carved and an idol cast. So he returned the money to his mother. She took 200 silver coins and gave them to a silversmith who made them into an image and an idol. And these were placed in Micah's house. Micah set up a shrine for the idol and he made a sacred ephod and some household idols. Then he installed one of his sons as his personal priest. In those days, Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. One day, a young Levite who had been living in Bethlehem in Judah arrived in that area. He had left Bethlehem in search of another place to live, and as he traveled, he came to the hill country of Ephraim. He happened to stop at Micah's house as he was traveling through. Where are you from? Micah asked him. He replied, I am a Levite from Bethlehem in Judah, and I am looking for a place to live. Stay here with me, Micah said. You can be a father and a priest to me. I will give you 10 pieces of silver a year, plus a change of clothes and your food. The Levite agreed to this, and the young man became like one of Micah's sons. So Micah installed the Levite as his personal priest, and he lived in Micah's house. I know the Lord will bless me now, Micah said, because I have a Levite serving as my priest. Now, in those days, Israel had no king, and the tribe of Dan was trying to find a place where they could settle, for they had not yet moved into the land assigned to them when the land was divided among the tribes of Israel. So the men of Dan chose from their clans five capable workers from the towns of Zorah and Eshtol to scout out the land for them to settle in. When these warriors arrived in the hill country of Ephraim, they came to Micah's house and spent the night there. While at Micah's house, they recognized the young Levite's accent, so they went over and asked him, Who brought... Brought you here, and what are you doing in this place? Why are you here? He told them about his agreement with Micah and that he had been hired as Micah's personal priest. Then they said, ask God whether or not this journey will be successful. Go in peace, the priest replied, for the Lord is watching over your journey. So the five men went on to the town of Laish, where they noticed the people living carefree lives like the Sidonians. They were peaceful and secure. The people were also wealthy because their land was very fertile, and they lived a great distance from Sidon and no allies nearby. When the men returned to Zora and Ishtul, their relatives asked them, What did you find? The men replied, Come, let us attack them. We have seen the land and it's very good. What are you waiting for? Don't hesitate to go and take possession of it. When you get there, you will find the people living carefree lives. God has given us a spacious and fertile land lacking in nothing. So six hundred men from the tribe of Dan, armed with weapons of war, set out from Zora and Ishtul. They camped at the place west of Kirath, Jearim and Judah, which is called Manhan Dan to this day. And then They went on from there into the hill country of Ephraim and came to the house of Micah. The five men who had scouted out the land around Laish explained to the others, These buildings contain a sacred ephod as well as household idols, a carved image, and a cast idol. What do you think we should do? Then the five men turned off the road and they went over to Micah's house, where the young Levite lived and greeted him kindly. As the 600 armed warriors from the tribe of Dan stood at the entrance of the gate, the five scouts entered the shrine and removed the carved image, the sacred ephod, the household idols, and the cast idol. Meanwhile, the priest was standing at the gate with 600 armed warriors. When the priest saw the man carrying out all the sacred objects out of Micah's shrine, he said, What are you doing? Be quiet and come with us, they said. Be a father and a priest to all of us. Isn't it better to be a priest for the entire tribe and the clan of Israel than for a household of just one man? The young priest was quite happy to go with them, so he took along the sacred... Rid Ephod, the household idols, and the carved image. They turned and started on their way again, placing their children's livestock and possessions in front of them. When the people from the tribe of Dan were quite a distance from Micah's house, when the people who lived near Micah came chasing them, they were shouting as they caught up with them. The men of Dan turned around and said to Micah, What is the matter? Why have you called all these men together and chased after us like this? What do you mean, what is the matter? Micah replied, You've taken away all the gods I have made and my priest. I have nothing left. The men of Dan said, "Watch what you say. There are some short-tempered men around here who might get angry and kill you and your family." So the men of Dan continued on their way. When Micah saw that there were too many of them for him to attack, he turned around and went home. Then, with Micah's idol and the pri- his priest, the men of Dan came to the town of Laish, whose people were peaceful and secure. They attacked with swords and burned the town to the ground. There was no one to rescue the people for they lived a great distance from Sidon and had no allies nearby. This happened in the valley of Beth-Rehob. Then the people of the tribe of Dan rebuilt the town and lived there. They renamed the town Dan after their ancestor, Israel's son, but it had originally been called Laish. They set up the carved image, and they appointed Jonathan, son of Gershom, son of Moses, as their priest. This family continued as priests for the tribe of Dan until the exile. So Micah's carved image was worshipped by the tribe of Dan as long as the tabernacle of God remained at Shiloh. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot
2: out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends, with people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcast at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you, and if you.